1: Well, hello. I'm Janet Marana, the Executive Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Just Ask Janet. Well, we have a very special guest here today and someone who has been with Father Pavone and I for a very long time. He first joined Priest for Life all the way back in the 90s. And he has a great passion for the pro-life issue. And we're going to be talking to him today about some of his experiences. And also we're going to talk to A little bit about the young people and how they're getting more involved so welcome to the program father Dennis Wilder associate director here at priest for life
0: great to to have you
1: so I alluded to the fact that you've been around you know priest for life for a long time since the 90s but you also got involved in this issue way before that tell us a little bit about your entree into what what put on your heart like I got to do something about this
0: well even before Roe v. Wade, there was an issue, and we were debating that and discussing it in New York and in New England. But at Roe v. Wade, I really wanted to get into it, you know. So then I came on to, at Villanova, I was at Villanova University. I was a teacher there, um, tenured for 22 years. I loved it. And I was with a number of youth from all over the country, you know. And so we had a Villanovan's for Life organization. It was founded before I came, but I was there pretty much towards the beginning, 1977. Right. Wow. And at the banquets we had, it was banquet every year. And we had Cardinal O'Connor, who had an affiliation with Villanova. We had Henry Hyde, who was affiliation. And many other people, Alvita King much later on came in. And uh, it was great. So we could feature these people. And it was all run by the students, which is
1: great. That's you know? great. Yeah. Student-led. Like, they, they organized the dinner. They had a pro-life club there yeah. on campus, right? And they had a passion for that. And
0: it spilled over beyond the university into the streets and beyond. And so uh, I'd been away for a while. And I came back to Villanova uh, later on uh, three years ago. Because with Priest for Life I was stationed, it didn't matter where we were stationed because it was on the road. Always on the road somewhere bottom. else anyway. So So
1: about how many states were traveling with Priest for Life, but how many states have you been to?
0: Well, I before Priest for Life I was in forty nine states, but that was other different issues. Right. But with Priest for Life it was forty seven states. Wow. Yeah. It's just Mississippi, Alaska, and um and uh, Hawaii, and we're going to go there tomorrow, right,
1: <laughs> <laughs> You wish. Well, no, if anyone is in those states, they want to invite Father Dennis to come to preach at their parish. Yeah. They could help you get to 50, couldn't they? <laughs> yeah,
0: that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, now, so, that was a wonderful experience with for life. But again, there too, uh, you know, the youth were always a factor in this, you know. We go to a, an abortion mill, and you see young people there. Now, yes, brought by families, but sometimes on their own afterwards in the 20s. that are coming out and they had a passion for this and a simple thing, but they knew the power of prayer, they knew the power of presence, they knew the power of persuading other people. And they got through it. You know? it well,
1: basically. you know, Father, I know a, a lot of universities around the country, Catholic universities, like, for example, Franciscan University, they go out every Saturday to students and they pray at the nearest abortion mill. Right. I know down at Ave Maria in Florida, they also have a group of students. They go every Saturday to the abortion mill. There's a lot of universities uh, around the country that the students have this passion of praying at that abortion mill and, try, and some of them even get trained as sidewalk counselors to learn exactly. how to intervene with those moms at the very last moment, right? I'm
0: thinking of survivors, for example, Jeff White out in California, and he's found this long ago. And I know our coworker, uh, Brian Kemper, of course, right. was involved in that very much from the beginning. And they go out in the streets. And I was with them once when they did this die-in, which is basically lying on the ground in red. And it's, it's like, a visual they're thing. They're like little fetuses yeah, they, on oh, the ground. are showing like the fetal, babies who are slaughtered in an here yeah. we Here we are in Venice Beach and other places in California, and they're looking and then there's an opportunity to speak about that so sometimes the visual thing like that which sounds crazy but it it makes sense after it's explained and people start to think about these things yeah. and even when i help out in maryland when i go down to defend life with jack ames uh, at the baltimore area we go out for a week and basically out holding the signs young people there i mean kids that are in high school are, are joining us it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing so that they have a sensitivity to this because, you know, you think this is two generations and more beyond Roe v. Wade, right. where they knew nothing but abortion on demand as part of the law of the land, supposedly. You right. Know?
1: And they have to feel like they have, like you said, they've survived and it couldn't be that. Had their parents yeah. not wanted them, wanted that child, it would have been perfectly legal to have them destroyed. And I think that's part of that passion to see. That, you know, how many classmates are not here with me now? because of abortion, right? The empty seats that should be there at at graduation, you know? Exactly. Um, I know we recommend a lot of times for a school to put two empty chairs, you know, one on the boys' side, Mm -hmm. one on the girl's side, with an empty cap, and just have a moment of silence for all the children who've been lost to abortion that are not graduating this year, right? Think about that. You know, how many students would be graduating this year if it wasn't for abortion?
0: Sure. The numbers are staggering numbers. But then they get an idea, you know, it's because it's um, it's not taught to them in the schools, you know, it's not. So they they pick it up in the home, they pick it up from other areas. And once they realize it, it's a very, they see it as fundamental. They right. don't see it as political. Right. You know, that's the beautiful thing about that. In some ways they do because they're already into that and they got to work around it. But in, in some cases, it's a question of really understanding. It might have been something in the family that happened. It might have been somebody else who had an abortion. might have been somebody who was, who died another way, and this reminds them of this. But in any case, they are, they've become very much uh, aware of this. And uh, in the dinner I went to recently, which was last Saturday at Villanova, it was Sunday rather, it was a very nice banquet, probably the best that they had, although they've had them every year. And the students themselves, and we can see this in some of the pictures that will be shown in this, right. uh, that shown that the students themselves gave, up, uh, gave a speech to talk a little bit. Different areas as to why they came in, what attracted them to it, and what do they try to get out of it? So many different things, you know. And again, that's not my generation. It's it, life is life, regardless of what generation you're in, you're right. not defending that. But the way they do it and the understanding that what they're coming from in a post-road generation or to their parents, even in that generation, right. uh, when they rediscover. It's, it's a different thing. It's a very powerful message to, right. to speak to people out there who are not churched, who are not people who are involved in, in a background that mm-hmm. knows that it's being taught human life, but they pick it up and they get it.
1: Right. So the Villain owns for Life, like you said, this has been for decades now, this youth group there on the campus. 1973,
0: I believe it was, was founded. Was yeah. founded.
1: Okay. Yeah. And then every year they have this dinner that you just went to. Right. Who, is the, who do they have as their keynote uh, speak?
0: All they had Monique Roberoux. I don't know if you know her, but she is no. she's an obst- um. uh, obstetrics and gynecology at in in Pennsylvania, and very very strong. And I'm glad you brought that up because her message was what you do at abortion mills. You know, she says is don't always go the step further. If you think, well, that's not going to work, try it, pray it, and try it. Go further, but also the peace and the gentleness, the charity, the love both for the workers as well as the mother who is, you know, trapped by this thing and the right. baby, of course. <laughs> but she had a very lovely way, of, but she's very, very strong in this uh, whole thing. And she goes down, she's down every Saturday or every time that they have the you know, the, the vigil at uh, Planned Parenthood at 12th and Locust in Center City. Right. And by the way, <laughs> uh, Sunday, she's going to be one of the speakers at Independence Hall in Philadelphia. You know, you wow. Independence Hall is a very significant thing in our country. Of course. And, absolutely. of course, the idea of the baby being independent from the killing and all the rest. But she's going to be one of the speakers. And at 8 o'clock at the cathedral in Philadelphia, they're having a, a uh, mass, the archbishop will be doing that. And I, I have to hats off to the archbishop. He's been very active and comes along in the marches as well. And that's We will go great. from there down. Ben Franklin Parkway, which is a big Champs Elysees, you know, oh, Philadelphia, and it, right. and it gets you to City Hall around there to Planned Parenthood, and then get on to uh, twelve o'clock noon. They're going to have speakers there, and there are about five or six speakers, and uh, that are that are very, you know, local but very very strong in this area. Right. So that that goes on every year. That is a little bit more than what we usually do. That's the March for Life Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But every month that there are people from Villanova, from other uni- universities and high schools, again, the youth that are coming out, and uh, it's amazing to see what, what they do.
1: Yeah, uh, it's They were it, down it to really the March is. for Life,
0: and there's pictures that we show in this, that, that, that have pictures in front of the Maca Conception Catholic, uh, Basilica in Washington with all their right. blue hats and, and the rest, it was good.
1: That's great. And now, Father, you did mention, uh, I know every year you go uh, with Defend Life in Maryland uh, with Jack Ames. It's the Face the Truth tour. Um, I've had Eric Scheidler here on this program where his dad, Joe Scheidler, started that whole thing about Face the Truth, taking the pictures of the victims of abortion and showing like the live baby, showing the baby alive inside this mother's womb, but then showing what abortion does to that same child. Now, you've been out on the streets for years doing this. What can you say, cause most people think, oh, you shouldn't be showing those pictures, but you have actually experienced conversion, haven't you?
0: Oh, definitely. Uh, <clears> and, and I remember one case, it was last year and the lady was in the car and it, we got talking a little bit, and we pulled over out of the traffic and I was with her for about 45 minutes to an hour. Wow. Uh, talking about her, her past abortion. And and you know, the, the terrible thing is what Satan does, he wants to say, I you know, you're no good. You're no good. You're no good. We do it in other areas of life, but this one, especially after, Mm -hmm. because it's so, it's so remote. You're not there doing it with tons of other people. You're doing it and you hold that in over the years an abortion. And so anyways, that was, she was talking about that. And, uh, and we, we, uh, we got her, It, it was, it wasn't a question in this case of, of not having the abortion. She already had the abortion. There were other people though. we had saves though on that where and there was a save just in westchester pennsylvania at the planned parenthood there uh, with 40 days for life another great organization and many young people at that but at this it that's what happens uh, There are different things and this case was she didn't uh, she she, uh, she was 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 a conversion of heart this was just as important to get that person back to knowing that god loves her and you know, forgives and and forgives her of course right but there are other cases where i was in kentucky at one place at a planned parenthood and and uh, Somebody appeared on the scene that I was a guest, of course, and so I was ushered in. But she said, "Oh, there's a lady here I haven't seen before. I don't know what that's about." And they said, "Yeah." So I talked with, "Oh, Father, I'm glad you came. My daughter is planning to have an abortion here in two days, and I've done everything I can to try to stop her, but she is so insistent on this thing." So I said, "Why don't we give her a call?" So we called her. We luckily got through and talked and. You know, she said, "Well, I I know, you know, I hear, yeah, that things are going to happen to me later on in life, but you know, I don't." So she spoke that way, and I figured it's not working. And but I didn't give up. I prayed and said, "Well, do you know that four months later, maybe five, it was, I got a letter in the mail." from the mother and from the daughters uh, about the fact she did not have the abortion. She kept wow. the child. So wow. we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. We think sometimes oh, I was <clears> over <throat> with and no, right. and that's why Monique was saying, and I don't you give say, up. don't give up, continue always on this. Yeah. yeah.
1: In a gentle way, never yeah. screaming or yeah. yelling yeah. gentle way, yeah. because you know, it is deep down. <clears throat> we know by experience with the women from silent and more in their testimonies. Most of these girls, are going in for that abortion, not because they're just freely wanting to, let me just go have this abortion. There are, some of them are afraid, like I bet you that girl was afraid. What's gonna happen to me with school? What's gonna happen? I have this dream of, you know, going to college or, you know, some sort of career. And they get so fearful that they think, you know what, they're selling the abortion, Planned Parenthood does, like it's no big deal. Have an abortion today, go back to school, work tomorrow. No big deal, but we know it's a big deal. It's going against God. They're already a mother, as you like to sure. say, Father. Yeah. And they're going against their very nature as what it means yeah. to be a woman. Yeah. And so sometimes the gentle talking about you can get through this. You're strong. You know, you're already maybe two months pregnant. What do you got? Another seven months? That's nothing. And, you know, the other thing, Father, most people don't realize in our country that we have safe haven laws yeah. in all 50 states, yeah. right? That you could give birth to that baby and walk out of the hospital and say, I can't do this. And no complications. That baby will be taken care of, placed for an adoption, and you don't have to sign anything or do anything. You could just walk out. And, you know, we really need to, like, you know, trumpet that more, wouldn't you say? Yes.
0: I would, yes yeah. <laughs> there are even centers where you can drop off a child. In, exactly. In, in, in a um,
1: Safe, yeah, safe. Uh, I've seen them yes uh, like, of sorts.
0: Yeah yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, and all the fire stations too, Father. Yes. You can you can yeah. uh, drop them off there too. So um, there's a lot of options. Um, but you notice, I think the I see more and more young people, like you're saying, Father, getting involved um, <clears throat> because they get it. They don't. They don't even understand like why people have it, and the fact that so many abortions now are, are occurring, even like when we say they're passing these laws for abortion to birth. And I think most young people, when they hear that, they said, are you kidding me? Yeah. That's, that's that's ridiculous. They don't believe that in this country, people are still aborting these babies in the seventh, eighth and ninth month of pregnancy.
0: Something comes to my mind now. I was in California at one of our high schools in Ojai and it's a boarding school. So we have people from all over the world and from China. There was a student, there was a male and there was a female from America in California we were talking about rape and incest and so forth getting right. into that so, "Oh, i could never i could never do that you know i could never how could i feel after that and and uh, uh you know i'd rather and i would rather be myself aborted <clears throat> and so on and the boy who was from china now think about china which right. had a one uh, one child policy at the time while. right and he said no i i'd rather be alive Right. I mean, here we are. We're not talking politics here. We're talking about life here. Right. And and she was talking politics because she's been already programmed. Like, programmed exactly. Yeah. Manipulated into this whole thing. And he may have been too, but but uh, I don't know. Uh, but at least uh, he's speaking from, I think, from
1: right. survival. Yeah. Well, and you know, Father, <clears throat> only one percent of all abortions are because of rape and incest. Course, yeah. And Dr. David Reardon, uh, a, a researcher, has done so much research that. You know, women who, and we know this from War too, women who've had uh, been raped and have the abortion deeply, deeply regret the abortion because that's been a trauma on top of a trauma. And yet we, they've interviewed women who were raped and gave birth to the child. And they said that that didn't traumatize them further. It was a healing mm-hmm. moment to see that
0: baby. Yeah, that beautiful book called Victims and Victors. Victims and Victors. Very good on David the three Rudin. different groups in there. <clears throat> and, and and what you're saying is that, that she doesn't want to get rid of the child she wants to get rid of the horrible trauma right and you don't get that by killing the child no so she feels that invasion the first time it was what is an abortion right an invasion again it reinforces what she already suffered
1: that's right well, Father, thank you for such a great uh, discussion. Yeah. And I hope if anyone's interested in having Father come to your parish or give, I know you give piano concerts too, go to our Priest of Life website, PriestlyLife.org/slash. speaker request and uh, we'll get you out there and maybe those last three states that you have to make okay yeah we'll get those in too (laughs) okay thank you for joining me you're welcome janet well brothers and sisters thank you for joining me too and guess what before we go you might have liked my little water bottle i have here and like we were saying you know planned parenthood is not the place to go and the person who should be planning parenthood is god and that's what my little water bottle says let god plan parenthood this is the newest product we have here at our online store at pro- prolifeproducts.org. So please visit our online store. We have this in t shirts and little buttons, and we can spread the word that only God should be planning parenthood. Well, thank you for joining me today on Just As Janet. Until next time, God bless.